You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. That Alabama team, as bad as we want to say that they were, because everyone now is going back and going, we're, we're now moving the goalposts back and saying, well, actually, it was a really bad Alabama team. It's really bad Alabama team with one loss. So. It's a really bad Alabama team that is currently in the top five in yards per play and yards per game and points per game. And like it's one of the more efficient offenses in America still, even though it's a bad Alabama team. And that bad Alabama team came into Jordan-Hare Stadium and put up 10 points in regulation. Now, Auburn just fired its offensive coordinator because it's decided that 10 points is not enough. But there's... I don't want to be Mr. Moral Victory, but there is no way to look at holding a team that is if the, a, a win away next week from going to the college football playoff and being the favorite to win the national championship. Uh, holding them, if, if Alabama beats Georgia next week, they're the favorite to win the title. They're the favorite. So they're a win away from being the favorite to repeat as national champs. Um, and you held them to 10 in regulation and should have won the game and lost in penalty kicks. That's as, if there is a moral victory, that's a moral victory. The problem is people have allowed the two games prior in which you blew a, t- a double-digit lead, which let's not sit on here and pretend that a 28-3 lead is the same thing as a 10-0 lead. A two-possession lead in which one of those possessions is three points, is not the same thing as being up 28-3. to The Mississippi State team is, that Mississippi State loss is egregious. The Alabama loss is not egregious. The Alabama loss is as close to a proof of concept as you can get from Derek Mason this year. It's as close to, wait a minute, we had stuff going as you're going to get this whole season. So I I understand being out on Harson after Mississippi State. Against South Carolina, he had a backup quarterback. I could still say, okay, we should not have ever lost to that team, ever, no matter what. But that, I cannot spot the difference between losing in 09 to Alabama when you had a shot and they beat you at the last second and spotting the difference between that and losing to Alabama this past Saturday, when you had a shot to beat them and had they called a face mask penalty or had they not called a hold, or I think Chief pointed this out earlier, had they called a hold against Alabama in the end zone on their 99-yard touchdown drive, Auburn wins the game. And we're all sitting here going, we just won the most, the biggest upset in the history of the series. Because Auburn came into that game a rightful 20-point underdog. So that's my point. That's my, and that's you're now joining us. The correct Jordan Hare Stadium time is 9:20 p.m. 
This is the Orange and True Podcast. And I am Sonic Crow. Sonic Crow 2 on Twitter. Sonic Crow on Venmo. Joined by the AU Chief. Uh, Riva DJ. And then all the way over there. Oh, just sending me the show notes. A guy who is totally out on Auburn football until it replaces its head coach. No matter what. The S stands for sad. The S stands for sad. I'm holding him to that. If we sign the number one recruiting class in the country this year, I'm holding him to. If we sign a top five class this year, I'm holding him to the fact that on Monday, November 29th, after the Iron Bowl, he was out on this coaching staff. Ryan Stewart. It also it also says here the S stands for Jabari Smith is going to be the first overall draft pick. He really, yeah, guys, that. he really might. He really. I, I, I did appreciate uh, not introducing us, so you get that little soapbox then. Yeah, well, I was in the middle of a thought. I've so got I some just things to finish say. my thought. I had to finish my thought. <laughs> uh, guys, Jabari, let's go back. To, let's go talk about the most important thing first. Jabari Smith could be the number one pick in the draft. Yep. I watched that a little bit of that Duke-Gonzaga game. Not a lot of it because it started past my bedtime. <laughs> um, they really don't need to start college basketball games at 10 o'clock in the evening. Um, that was preposterous. And I watched a little bit of that. And I, I mean, look, Paolo's incredible, but uh, Chet Holmgren is on a different planet than everybody else. But I think that Jabbar Smith might be on that same planet. And Jabbar Smith doesn't look like Slender Man. So I think I think there's a lot of teams that might need a power forward, and uh, he might be there. He might be there for him, a number one overall, which would be just I. Auburn would have to have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft like five years in a row before I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's more impressive than Auburn basketball yeah. ever having the number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah. Chet, Chet Holmgren shooting 31% from three. Uh, Jabari Smith shooting a blistering 43% from three. Incredible. Guys, he could have a 50-40-90 collegiate season. Like I guarantee you Ch- Chet Holmgren's uh, shot is not as beautiful as Jabari's either. No, Chet is also blocking like five shots a game, something crazy like that. Well. Um Bryce Brown career three point shooting thirty nine percent. His right. career best for a season was forty one percent. So a fifty Smith is six ten. Bryce Brown. Small, we got a small sample size. If you if you don't know what a fifty forty ninety season is, because I dropped that back there, it used to be that nobody ever did that. This is one of those um, uh, um, uh, Bill Bill, Bill Simmons uh, made it popular. He popularized things. it for yeah. sure. It's fifty percent from. Field goal. Your total field goal percentage is 50%. 40% three-point percentage and 90% free throw percentage. And the number of guys back in the day who had ever done it was like Larry Bird and that's it. And then Kevin Durant and Dirk and Steph started doing it. I think Durant's done it like five times. Something crazy like that. And I think Steph, Steph just now, it's like his career. I think he's a career 50, 40, 90 player at this point, which is just outrageous. Um, Steph at one point this season was a was a uh, fifty fifty ninety player, so things were going awesome for for the Warriors. Wow. Um, yeah. So 
let's talk more Auburn basketball. Let's, we're flipping the show notes, Ryan, because I want to get the good oh, stuff out man. of the way. So that if guys, I want, might just log off after basketball. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people will, and and I liked. I, I listened. Think you want me to log off after basketball? No, I don't, man. I just can't. No, I'm, no. I, I think we've got a good mix because because Crow, uh, who might be the like most down on this coaching staff before now is actually the most positive of the three of us i'm not positive i just don't think i can well i don't have anything you're more positive yeah i'm i'm, I'm in the middle and ryan is is out i'm actually so, probably uh, closer to where you're at brett uh chief because yeah, because like look oh, oh i just don't think we can fire anybody yet like it's like yeah 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 that's where i'm yeah <laughs> we can fire somebody i mean yeah it's, anyway it's well, basketball basketball and then we'll then we'll right. enter the thunder because here's what happened <laughs> i listened to the auburn observer podcast shout out to those guys and friends of the show ferg and painter decided to split up the whole podcast in 30 minute increments and they did 30 minutes positive about the iron bowl 30 minutes negative and then 30 minutes hoops i think that's cool we're gonna do nothing but hoops and then like a little set the clock and do a little iron ball at the end. Maybe do some positive and negative. Who knows? Infringing on my first amendment rights to complain about my football team. And you can complain about them, but easy I don't. there, Brian Harson. Please don't harsh my <laughs> harsh my mellow today. Um, <laughs> basketball guys, we are sitting here and we stand the bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis fifth place game nope. champions. Is that what? Yeah, they won the fifth yeah. place. They won the fifth yeah. place game. Oh, I because that we lost be the third place. Game. I know, but because we lost the first game, we were immediately oh. out of the winners bracket. We were the best team in the losers bracket. Yeah, lame. Jabari Smith named to the all tournament first team. Um, losing to UConn stunk because it was in double overtime. It's really had a chance to win that game there at the end. Auburn fans seeing six overtimes this week. <laughs> It was, it was that, that was a tough one, uh, especially battling back from from being down like we were. It was it's tough to to see them see them end up losing. But you know what? Yeah. It, I I liked I liked the fight I saw. I, I thought that was the start of us really starting to see this team come together and 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 see what what they're going to be like this year. They, early that days. UConn team in in Sonogo probably has the best offensive big man we're going to see this year maybe yeah. outside he of Kentucky he also should have um, fouled out in the beginning of the the first half or the second half basically and, and meanwhile it, it, people will point out that Jabari also played with four fouls most of yeah, the second half he did. but uh three of his fouls were not fouls at all so uh and Sonogo earned way more fouls than than he was awarded Sonogo really yeah, made life Kessler's difficult yeah. yeah he made life yeah. difficult for walker um yeah. but, but i will say props to the adjustment getting jalen williams in there uh yeah jalen not as big as walker but a little more physical played great defense on him in the second half mm-hmm. sure did i think did. he had so he had 30 points on the night and had about 18 20 of those in the first half and stretch uh, akimbola got minutes in that game if i don't if i remember correctly just a, a Not few, a ton, yeah. but a little bit. And I, I think several of us kind of recognized that he, this is where you play him. Is yeah. When you've got a, a, a physical big, you know, that's you just going to keep eating shots, put in the stretch. You might foul him a little bit, but um, 
Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's going to eat minutes, and he's going to he's going to hopefully maybe. Yeah. Well, especially if Sonogo was not hitting his free throws, then right. putting stretch in the game doesn't hurt anything. Um, but they that's a good UConn team. I really think that's a good UConn. A couple of guys pointed out that's a really second weekend matchup. That that, that could yeah, easily be an eight, a, you know, a second weekend game. That it felt like a mid tournament game, like something you would see in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I mean, it was that was a deep, fairly veteran team, um, well coached, and uh, just really good basketball by both teams. It felt like it was. It didn't feel like it was, you know, oh, one team's just shooting the other out of the gym, or one it wasn't sloppy. And it was it was good basketball. And UConn's a top 25 Ken Palm team, top 25 AP poll team. Um, Auburn won only one of the four factors, had a, uh, a lower turnover percentage. But shot okay. 51% EFG is yeah, not terrible, but they shot really well, especially in the first half. They shot the lights out in the first half. Yeah, um, they, they as a team, they played really well, and then – uh, Polly came in the second half and was just lights out from three. Anytime Auburn could try and get close, they just kind of Polly would hit a three and keep us at arm's length. Shout out to the Auburn uh, radio crew. They uh, Bertram Andy did a great job calling this game. I didn't watch a minute of it, uh, but I listened to the entire game on the radio and on the Auburn rap, and it was great. He did an awesome job. I really was. There were a couple times that he didn't get a guy's name right or something. But he corrected him. I mean, it was it was fine. He was great. Basketball is way hard to call play by play. Um, it was not Sunny though. I don't I don't remember who it was, but it was, it was not. Joe, it was Chiampi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was the uh, um, color guy on on those broadcasts, and I, I like him. He's good. He was um, really good. I wonder if it's because they didn't Sunny didn't want to fly to the Bahamas. Yeah, he usually doesn't go on those those longer trips like that. Um, and and Jumpy's usually the uh, uh, the guy. Um, he normally does the SEC broadcast for all the right. women's team. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, he was really good. Yeah, he's 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 good. He's he's not nearly as fun as uh, as Sonny is. That that's that's, that's what Sonny brings to the table. Sonny Sonny brings all the fun. But uh, this but, was the game. In which Katie Johnson kind of announced himself to planet Earth. Sure, yeah. Because he, I think, single-handedly just willed Auburn back into this game. Him and Jabari. He, he, he is our MVP. He's our most valuable player. Uh, Jabari, I think, was clearly the best player in this tournament. Yeah. Uh, but I think KD is our our most valuable player. Without him, nothing happens. And uh, he earned himself a starting place uh, by doing that in that game. And I, I think he's solidly our number two uh, until Flan is back to a hundred percent, maybe. After the know. game, after one of these games, Bruce said that KD Johnson was like a shark, a shark smelling blood in the water. Uh, yeah, man. Which is what leads me to want to call him Jaws, Katie Jaws Johnson, mm-hmm. and I like Mister Worldwide. Mister Worldwide, he's a pit bull. Yeah, Dale Katie Johnson. But I think 
I think the amazing thing about Katie Johnson is his he steals the ball from people the second you turn your back to the basket. Yeah. He's yeah. he's poking that thing out. Against Syracuse, which we'll get to that game in a second. I felt almost like started feeling bad for these guys. Like look, they cannot get the ball across half look, court without just, just being hounded. It's exactly like I mean, you know, I that is the kind of steal I would get uh, playing pickup basketball or whatever, <laughs> where you just kind of, all right, everything's slow. Some guy's just dribbling around up front, and you're like, hmm, I'm just going to slide over here and just ah, poke that out and go with it. Like, well, I think you said during the game that Katie Johnson plays like the guy who takes everything way too seriously yeah, at, yeah. He, at the YMCA. The, he's the guy. He's the guy. <laughs> all his steals are, I'm taking this pickup basketball game way more seriously than you are. Yeah. When I said he reminds uh, me of a guy, I had get thrown out of a church basketball game for uh, trying to get in a fight with the opposing team's coach, and <laughs> and that was for the same reason. He was just everybody else was having a good time, and this one dude was just like he was not here for fun. He was here <laughs> to just destroy lives in church yeah, basketball. Yeah. And Katie Johnson, um, twenty two yeah, points and five steals. Yeah, twenty two points, five steals, and I think. He's he's like in the top five in the country in steal rate at this point, isn't he? Yeah, I mean that's yeah, insane. Number four in steal percentage. Uh, so he's got, he's got twenty on the year, right? More than that, I believe he had. I think thirteen or fourteen in the tournament. Well, I think someone tweeted that he had twenty at the end of the tournament. And uh, he needs yeah, yeah. four more steals. More. It may have been Josh Dub pointed this out. I'm going to give credit to Josh anyway. That he needs four more steals to equal Flan's team leading twenty four steals from last season. Yeah, it may have been Will, but who knows? Somebody tweeted this. Was he a total steal machine at Georgia last year? I don't. He was definitely noted for his defense. Well, yeah, I know that at least. Uh, let's see, he had twenty nine steals on the season last year in sixteen games. <laughs> so he's only got to get nine more to eat. What? Of course he. Had a shortened season. Didn't, didn't much, play the whole season. Much like our own Sharif Cooper. He so yeah. I think Chiefs mentioned that he reminds him a bit of Meta World Peace, aka Ron Artest. Yes, someone else pointed that out to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, dude." He does kind of dribble like him. Ron Artest had a very like a unique bit. way of dribbling the basketball, where it never quite felt like it was secure. Yeah, it yeah. always felt like he had just like. Uh, I don't know, like a dog standing on its hind legs. It doesn't it just kind of didn't quite seem like it was natural for Ron Artest to be dribbling the ball. But then, all of a sudden, when but you it, had it, the ball, it, it was it really pandemonium. It, it reminds it reminds me of Ron Artest at, at St. John's. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's that's what was pointed out to me. I was like, yeah, to- totally. He's just this tenacious dude. That's you know, uh, Ron Artest is obviously bigger than KD, but Ron Artest wasn't you know. Huge. I mean, he was for he's right. pretty big for a guard, uh, but just just the way he he attacks the basket, the way he he. I mean, even the way he defends, like his stance reminds me of Ron Artest. It, it's crazy. I, um, I will say, there's one thing I enjoy. Um, Tom Crean didn't start this kid a single game last year. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, bad, but. Tom Crean, uh, literally, they would be better off with Tom Arnold, the actual Tom Arnold as their coach. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, There's some dude, weird conspiracy theories going on. If it was Tom Arnold, so I didn't I realize. I don't I think I realized that that uh, 
Johnson was only six feet tall. Yeah. Oh, if if. Yeah, I uh, I walked by him uh, after the Iron Bowl, and he, he, I'm I'm six feet tall. He's not that. He's a Jared Harper, six feet tall. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does look a little taller than Jared, but um, he's also just a block of muscle, and it yeah. is yeah. incredible. Um, he's a he's a halfback that's somehow playing. Yeah, or a yeah. fly. He's, a fly. He's, he's Mike Dyer. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. Mike Dyer in basketball. That's, that's, uh, Ryan, I think you pointed that out. <laughs> that's yeah. hilarious. No neck. All, all torso. Like no, if you had to pick a basketball giant. player in this team that like there's no way anybody would be able to tackle him, it's Katie Johnson. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, he's he's like, and I I don't I'm not alone in this. I think basically anyone that's been watching these games is like, my God, I love this guy. He's my favorite player. He'd be a perfect size fly half if you're playing rugby 15s. <laughs> like he's like he is literally the the like six. You want a guy's like six foot to six one. And built like that, he is perfect to play fly half. Which is like the quarterback almost of of rugby. Mm. I my favorite game in this tournament was the Loyola game. So let's talk about that next. Uh, Jabari Smith didn't have his best game in terms of numbers, but he missed two shots. He was yeah. seven for nine. Um, yeah, but he's the, still in double digits in points. And, the uh, guy yeah, who was a sh- lower scoring game. Just in general, I mean, the Loyola really kind of slowed it down, pace-wise. But, and the Loyola, uh, I mean, the top fifty team. Yeah, yeah this isn't this isn't uh, you know oh they they had that deep march run a couple years ago and now they're just a name but they're not really the same team. This is still a really good team that's going to make the tournament this year. Dif- different coach, right? Though they've got a new different coach, coach um, but they're same sister Jean. They're Ken Palm number thirty-three right now. Um, wow, thirty-three. Thirty-three, yeah, they're solid. The guy who was who went off in this game was Walker Kessler. Yeah, I mean he was. They couldn't. They had nothing for him. He had 13 points, but it felt like he had more. He had four blocks, but it legitimately felt like he had 50 blocks. Like I, like four blocks is a lot of blocks, but it felt like he was altering every single shot. Am I wrong? Like it, it legitimately felt like they could not get to the basket. Yeah. Well, they they just didn't have anybody. Anywhere near his size, uh, and um, the, just too much to handle inside for them. Um, and I, you know, I don't. I'm no expert on them. I don't know if they like to play inside much. It might, my gut tells me probably not. But uh, they probably don't play like a bunch of seven one guys that yeah, often. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. They they're a good shooting team, but they they, they don't really play inside a ton. I mean, they're they're actually eighth in the country. Three-point shooting right now. Yeah. So, great job by the Auburn defense. Kind of locked them up. Only yeah. Put up 52 points. Uh, I think that's kind of what we've seen. I mean, take the UConn game out of it. That was an absurd, especially second half. Uh, and then the two overtime periods. But this Auburn defense has been stout so far this year. Um, the 68 points they gave up to Syracuse was, that was the most they gave up. Outside of that UConn game, hmm. so and the UConn game was a double overtime game, right? Right. So the most they gave up in regulation. I mean, I think they still gave up what eighty something, ninety to UConn in regulation. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, they're 
uh, block shots, the steals. I mean, the, the pressure that we've seen from Katie Johnson, which you've already talked about, Zeb Jasper, even when he's not putting up a ton of stats, is just as tenacious uh, in the half court. Uh, just not letting these guys get up comfortable shots. Um, Auburn's finally able to run the press that you know we've always wanted to see, but haven't had the guys to, to play. I mean, that, 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 that is that, that's what I wanted to, to point out. I mean, that's what turned the tide in every, basically all these games. All these a- games. Anytime, anytime we were having, we were struggling a little bit. Um, no matter what the score was, we turned on that press man and got right back in the game. And um, uh, I mean, that's that's what happened at UConn. We got down by eleven points or whatever it was, and or way more than that, right? We, what, we were down 11 at the half, and there were stretches yeah. in the second half that were a little more. We turned on that press with seven minutes to go, and they they didn't have anything for it, man. We just I mean, what it does, even when, even when you're not right there, they think you are. Like, yeah. So that, that last possession that UConn had. Uh, yeah. They, they, they just threw it to KD. still five or six feet away from <laughs> and the yeah. guy just you know, fumbled the ball away. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, seven seconds left or so. Um, Auburn's Auburn's going to be able to rely on this. We saw it in the first couple of games, but against you know severely overmatched teams that you know you can kind of do that against when you're more athletic, you're faster, you're deeper than them. But this was this might be three tournament teams that Auburn did it to as well. Yeah, and it's it's a diamond press, which is a classic Bruce press, but it's just a. It is a buzzsaw for these teams because the way it works, it's a zone press, and Auburn is baiting them into a trap every single time, and everyone takes it because it looks open, but Katie Johnson's so fast, and Jabari Smith is so tall that you basically end up trapped in no man's land, and you cannot... and, And Wendell Green doesn't foul. Yeah. So he plays really good defense without fouling, and so you end up you end up trapped, and they they don't know what to do. My my favorite defensive moment of this tournament is we had a three man trap in the corner off the press, like Adam trapped, and it was the the best. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's it's really this is something else. We from ended Auburn. up with the ball. I I think that was against UConn. Cause it was. It was late. I think maybe in overtime. First overtime. We ended up with the ball, and it was awesome. And again, I mean, we we've talked about this team needing Flanagan for the scoring because he's probably your best slasher. Maybe now with Katie Johnson, you have that option at least. Uh, but yeah, Alan Flanagan was our best on-ball defender last year. Right. So it's only going to get easier. You know, guys are going to have less pressure with fouls. When he's back in the rotation. And more importantly, um, for for Flanagan, that gives him he doesn't have to bear the defensive burden. Right at all when he's on the court, he can really be more of an offensive helper for Jabari, and doesn't have to feel like he needs to shoulder the defensive load. Okay. But when there's a bigger guy, he can. Yeah. Auburn won the four factors in that game, uh, except for a field goal percentage. Didn't shoot as well um, outside of Jabari as they had from an efficiency standpoint. Um, yeah, they won the game on the courts. 
Yeah. Okay. I wanted to talk about that because that stat is hilarious. So, Ryan, explain the OR percentage. Offensive rebounding percent is just exactly what it sounds. The amount of available offensive rebounds get uh, averages around 30%. Um, Auburn got 32% in this game. Loyola got, well, yeah, so it wasn't necessarily that Auburn was getting all of its offensive rebounds. It was that Auburn it was getting all of the defensive rebounds. All of the defensive rebounds. Loyola did not get an offensive rebound. And that, and that goes back to Auburn just being a bigger, more physical team. Um, with it, despite this being a good, well-coached Loyola team, they just they couldn't compete with 7-1 Walker Kessler and 6-10 Jabari Smith. And, yeah. and that goes into Walker, the next game. Walker had 13-10. And then you know four blocks to go with it. It's just that, that that press forces teams to go at Walker, and it's just not working out well for them. Uh, right, it fun- it funnels them to a seven foot one guy who will throw their shot to the stands. So it it has to be a, a nightmare for anyone to throw the ball in against us because we have Jabari, Jabari is always on the ball, and it is grand. I love it. I love having a big guy like that. On He's the, like a on seven foot two wingspan. Yes, yeah, insane. You're not like. You're, you can get it in, but it's going to be tough, and you might screw it up, and we might get the ball back. And if so. he gets it, he could just back up and shoot a three and make it. Yeah. yeah. So this offense rebound percentage thing became a trend because against Syracuse, Auburn won that one 37% to 14%. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is not your dad's Syracuse. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Um, yes, they're a top 60 Ken Palm team. There are – is Beheim's sons, Syracuse. Two yeah. sons, That's, which I thought were grandsons. Two sons playing. It's wild, man. That's not like that's not usually a super good look. Because it isn't like they're both going to go pro one day. They're going to go pro in one something of, other than sports. One of them walked on, right? And then got like... Buddy? One, buddy? Buddy's pretty about, good. I, I'm not sure. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess he's okay. I mean, they're they're a top was, sixty Ken Palm team. They're not yeah, so they much. seventeen points. Uh, I guess he was only three of twelve shooting. So yikes! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's what happened to, the, to to them: they ran that same two three zone that they've been running at Syracuse since before Ryan was born, and probably before I was born. Yeah, and it just. That zone does not work if you cannot, number one, if you cannot guarantee you're going to get defensive rebounds somehow still because it's tough to rebound out of a 2-3 zone. It just is. And two. Hey, what, what year do you think Jim Boeheim started at Syracuse? It was like 85, 86? 1984. 82. Producer Will, um, do you have a guess there? You can unmute if you like. Bruce Will is just texting. He's just on Snapchat. Yeah, listen. Uh, this is year 45 for Bayhawk. Sheepers, yeah, yeah, yeah. creepers. Year 45? Yeah. They even run that. What? He invented the 2 3 zone. <laughs> Might have invented basketball. Basketball was. Holy crap. So they probably didn't even have a three-point shot when dude started coaching. At I mean, Syracuse. basketball isn't that much older than a hundred years old at this point. So, yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Jesus. Jim Beheim may have yeah. learned the game from a guy who yeah. learned the game from James Naismith. Yeah. Um, Jeez. So, 
they run this 2-3 zone, which I love 2-3 zone defense sometimes. But if you can't defend up top, penetration, and you can't get defensive rebounds, and the team you're playing can make threes, it is going to be an ugly game. And that's exactly, now, to me, that's what happened. Now, as a, a big, slow white guy, I used to love playing 2 3 zone. Yeah, because you could just rest. I just sat in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was the center. <laughs> Jim Beheim's first uh, season at Syracuse started about a month after Hank Aaron's last baseball game. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, Jim Beheim started. Wait, now, what year was it? Sorry. I don't want to. 76. It's the year my mother graduated from high school. It was America's 200th anniversary. It was. The Bicentennial. <laughs> Ryan, the Bicentennial was celebrated in our nation with uh, quarters. There was there was uh, 10 bison? So. Yes. And the University of Texas put a 100 or something on the side of its helmets for that whole year. It's very bizarre. Um, and the Cowboys put... 100 or 200? 100, 200. And the Cowboys oh. put a red, white, and blue stripe in the middle of their football helmets that whole year nice. which always when I see pictures of that year it like the French flag I was like why are the cows at the French flag <laughs> um, so Auburn beat Syracuse as you might imagine 89-68 um, in a payback game for assistant coach Marquise Daniels yes. who I'm sure was looking at that Syracuse team and thinking man I wish I'd have played them in the NCAA tournament we would have won po- by a 50 and for podcaster chief <laughs> I was very invested in that basketball team at the time. So. Um, nice another five or another five steal game for Katie Johnson. This one, fifteen five assists. Yeah, sir. Katie Jones Johnson. I think teams are going to start getting wise to it and try to exploit that some because he does play off his man a little bit. Almost because almost all of his steals are not coming from on ball defense. But They're we talked coming- about this last week when. He's able to do that because Walker Kessler is cleaning up everything. Like, yeah, yeah. He's he, okay. Great. Throw the backdoor cut. A guy, uh, our giant man, is going to come off his man and yeah. throw your shot. Now against like Kentucky, you're right. Teams yeah. might exploit, but a team that's not as good as that, it's going to get. Yeah, conference play is really what I'm thinking about. Yeah, like, uh, your Kentucky's, maybe in Tennessee, you know, maybe Alabama. Maybe Alabama. Katie Although, Johnson is going to lock up Justin Powell so bad. You're probably right. <laughs> that poor kid's going to die in that game, probably. No, he'll just transfer again. He'll finally he have to transfer by the time we get to it. Anyway. Cal will finally offer him. Um, <laughs> like at some point, like dude, just just offer him. Like he's been wanting to go there this whole time. Um, Jabari Smith destroyed Syracuse um, on a spiritual level. <laughs> 22, I mean, 6, and 4. He, he was basically our cheat code for that zone because he just pops right there in the middle. Uh, you can just kind of throw it anywhere in the vicinity because he's the only one that's going to catch it. And uh, His high-low game uh, with, with, with uh, Walker was hilarious. You know who else was the cheat code? Jalen Williams is a high yeah, post. Yeah, J- Jalen Williams is great in that high post, baby. He's a one-man awesome. zone killer is what he is. <laughs> yeah. Because he, well, he can put it on the floor and get the yeah. rack if he needs to. And he passes well out of the zone. Out of yeah. the zone, like well, it's, he's a point guard. He's a point guard. He's playing out of position. Been playing out of position his whole life. <laughs> I, I think, I think, yeah. I hope all, more teams play that that 
cowardly 2-3 zone against us. Yeah, bring it on, baby. I bring mean, it on. Yeah. Auburn's 5-1 and one on the year, up to number 19 in Ken Palm. Um, Ryan asks an excellent question. How, if at all, did this tournament change your expectations for this team? And I'm going to go ahead and answer this. I, I think we're going to win the national championship. <laughs> so, all right. So does my wallet. What'd you say? Your wallet? <laughs> oh, all right. Um, I, it, I was looking. They showed me everything that I wanted to see. I mean, they they got better. Um, they they didn't look out of their depth. Um, speaking of depth, they are deep, so deep that they'll be hard pressed to find another team in the country as deep as this team is, I think. And that is, that'll, that will be huge come tournament time. Cause most, most teams are playing seven guys in the tournament at most. And I, I don't see a reason why we won't be playing 10 and there's yeah, no, huge, gotta, there's no huge drop off. you got a great, uh, fourth big man or fifth big man and uh, stretch. He's barely getting minutes on this team, but you're not afraid to throw him in there when you need him. And then, uh, we haven't talked about him, but shout out to Leo Berman. Yeah, baby, Leo. Really good minutes. Uh, I mean, as fourth guard, um, it, he really you know, like he. So, as someone who used to not play a whole lot, and you get thrown in, and there's just no way, like, there's no time for your nerves to settle. There's no, there's no way, there's no way to look good. There's no way to be good, and you see it anytime the guys. Uh, the walk-ons get put on and it's not because they are that much worse than the people they're playing. Cause oftentimes they're playing other second, third string guys, other walk-ons. It's that you get out there and there's adrenaline nerves. There's just no time to calm down. And that's what you saw with Lior a lot in appearances until now in this tournament, you saw him just, and, and you'd see things like guys passing the ball and it's not even his fault that he doesn't get it. They're just like not used to playing with him. They're not, you know, not expect. They don't know what he's going to do, and so they pass it, and he's not there. In this tournament, you saw him just become a member of this team. Um, he, he the nerves were gone. Um, I think was it, it it was the was it the Loyola game that he came in and just looked incredible. Like not yeah, so he so he didn't play in the UConn game, but between Loyola and Syracuse, he played 18 minutes. He was uh, let's see, three of four shooting on those two yeah. games. Yeah, hit two threes in the Syracuse game. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, he said he doesn't have to play a ton of minutes. And, you know, right. I don't want him playing a ton of minutes, but well, he's he's, and he's, he's a good he's, defender. He's, yeah, he, he was good good defending. Well, in the, um, in the South Florida game, he picked up three offensive rebounds. In 10 minutes. And, you know, come tournament time, I don't know how much we'll be seeing Lior. I, deep in – I mean, he really play. looks planning and comes back. Yeah. That's where his minutes are going to go. We have a guy now who has – he's been blooded. And and um, these guys clearly are going to trust him more. Um, and and he's he's a part of this team rather than just a walk-on at this point. And it, it was it – was, Really great to see that. I, I was happy to see that, and I, I guarantee you, his teammates love love that, love it. 
All right, let's take a quick break and come back and we'll do football. And we'll preview uh, uh, bas- basketball coming up. Okay, let's do that. We're back. Let's oh. preview some basketball coming up. <laughs> what do we uh, got? Ryan, what do we got next week? Well, we got UCF on Wednesday nights. What time? Any chance Gus is at this game? The scuttlebutt at the tailgate. Where, well, not the scuttlebutt, but the speculation. We were we were all wondering, is Gus going to be there? What time is that game? This is a 7 o'clock. 7 Auburn on a Wednesday. Time. Thank you. Yeah. We'll you support have, a thing. We have a channel? Uh, ESPN Plus. Now we're talking. It's surprising because UCF's a decent team. I mean, they're a 50-30 in Ken Palm. That's um, pretty good. Not a, not a non-zero chance to get in the tournament. Through the AAC here, um, they. I, I'll be honest. I haven't gotten to preview them a ton. Um, they're a good offense. They shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, do they, they rebound pretty well? They're they're, they're not as talented as Auburn. They uh, but they just took on Oklahoma um, over the weekend and only lost by three. Are you are you, are you going for the, the patented Starrett reverse jinx here? Look, I told you guys that UConn was a good three point shooting team, and <laughs> sure enough, they were. Yeah, they just shot it way more than you said they were going to shoot. Yeah, I said they don't like shooting threes, but you know, <laughs> well, they loved it, it that game. They loved it. Yeah, um, pretty light schedule so far. I mean, they said they they had a close one against Oklahoma, but then beat up on some lesser opponents. Um. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty confident with Auburn in this one, but again, should be a good test after playing some really good teams in uh yeah. living the Bahamas. They'll come home, get a got a big crowd back. Um, it'll be fun. I'm I'm excited to go. We're both going. Whatever whatever hype wasn't there with Jabari quite yet is there now. And I, yeah. I think it. From this point forward, he showed out against some really good tournament teams. He was a freshman uh, of the week, too, right? Yeah, uh, SEC freshman of the week. Uh, was that NCAA or SEC? I uh, think that was SEC. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, he's appointment TV. Uh, I'm telling you, do not be we surprised. We it every week, but enjoy him while we got him. Do not be surprised if you, don't, if you start seeing NBA players that are playing the Hawks the next night. Just showing up at Auburn Arena for home games. That'd be pretty cool. Just figuring oh. out how to get courtside seats for those dudes. And not well, Okora. I'm talking just random dudes. Guys that have no connection to the program whatsoever. LeBron James is going to be at one of our uh, as long as you don't our games. As long as you don't heckle him like the way that that. He, did y'all see that he had a, two fans thrown out of a game? Yeah, well, they still have never said what what was said. Uh, they apparently said that they wanted his son to die in a car accident. What the? Well, Pacers fans are notoriously awful, right? Am I, yeah. Am I right about that? Okay. I believe so. So as long as you don't say that. I mean, that's because... where the malice is at the Yikes. palace. No, that was in, no, that was in no, Detroit. Right. That was the Pacers. Yeah, that's in the palace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're planning on being a heckler at Auburn Arena, just don't keep it keep it within the I, I boundaries of the game. I feel like we did a pretty game. good job uh, 
policing our, our own hecklers. Yeah. Had that one against Tennessee a couple years ago. I think I, I, I as much as there's probably a, a segment of our student section that probably doesn't like Mr. Uh, James, um, I think the starstruckedness of it would probably uh, put a damper on most of that. Yeah. Uh, maybe Bruce can talk him into singing, sending uh, yeah, Ronnie they, here. Right? Ronnie could I know that would that would uh, that would thrill Ryan. I know that Ronnie would end up. We'd end up with so many NCAA violations if Ronnie showed up. <laughs> well, I mean, he is a, a man that would probably be driving a very uh, there's no nice way car that he is. <laughs> No, he's even going to be eligible. Um, he probably has a Nike deal because Kay's going to retire, so there's no there's no incentive for the Duke thing. So. Right. All right, so let's go. And then we've got one more game Saturday. Oh, what was that game? We don't have that's to go good. in depth. We got Yale on Saturday. Yale, that's right. Yep. Uh, the, pretty good. Uh, terriers? No. What are they? Bulldogs. Yale Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. A pretty good Ivy team. Um, I, I don't know if they're as good this year as they usually are. Uh, see the one thirty nine and Ken Palm. Couple of man, they played a lot of games already. Four and four. Um, let's see. Yeah, not not having a great start to the season. Lost by well, to Seton Hall. So well, we should win. All right. Yeah. Look, hey, this is the time of year we get to, you know, enjoy a nice little home stretch. Um, we got, you know, we got the Hoopsgiving coming up in a couple weeks uh, playing Nebraska. But, um, Didn't one of the Walton kids play at Yale? Didn't hmm? uh, one of Bill Walton's kids play at Yale? I don't one know. Of the, His Luke, went, Luke went to uh, Arizona. Luke was Arizona for sure. Uh, he had a brother that went to Princeton, I'm pretty sure. I want to say there's a third brother that maybe went to Yale. Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, now we can uh, can talk about football. All right. Yeah. Go, Ryan. For tell me how the first Iron Bowl to go to overtime is a massive failure. No, in a vacuum, it's fine. It's whatever. It was disappointing, but whatever. It's the third straight double-digit lead we've blown. I, yeah, that right, tells I me that tells me that this roster is talented enough to compete with these teams and beat these teams. You know, you don't say that Auburn's supposed to beat Alabama in this game. Fine, I, I get that. I agree with that. But after blowing a twenty-five point lead to Mississippi State, after blowing a fourteen-point lead to South Carolina, this coaching staff still didn't learn a thing. You know, you would think after you have a quarterback go down with a leg injury and you give up 40 straight points after that, you'd say, oh, maybe we don't leave that guy in to just, you know, let the lead melt away. We did it again two weeks later. You've got the winningest quarterback in the state of Texas high school history has not played a game or snap yet this year. Why was there no package for three plays? Hey, we, we got a melt clock. DJ can't pass. He can't bootleg. So go in there, pretend like you're going to run, hand it off. Give tanks something to work with. I mean, it, 
I don't, I don't get it. Like it, we it could not it run that easy. We could not run the ball in that game, like at all. But neither team. Was a, no, neither there was could. a little bit to work with in the first half, but once once your quarterback who's already immobile can't even hardly get out of the pocket and, and limp to the next play, I mean, it, it's it's over at that point. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's been coaching decisions, play calls, all kinds of things that we've complained about all year. And it, it doesn't – year zero doesn't mean you can't be a decent football coach. I would you say can, from a game plan perspective, this was the best game plan they put in all year by a, by a considerable margin. Sure. The, the first punch, the scripts, are great. And I, I'm, right now I'm excluding Derek Mason. We've given him a hard time this year. It was an amazing performance in this game by the defense. Took him took him twelve games to figure out you need to run man sure, coverage. Can make that complaint. I, I still say <laughs> that probably just him being stubborn trying to install his defense, and we're finally getting there. Um, uh, it, I don't think what we saw in that game was more of his defense, though. We just ran man instead of zone. Regardless, I'm going to exclude Mason here. I'm going to focus on the offense, and yes, we did just fire Mike Bobo, so. Step in the right direction. Oh yeah, breaking news. Yeah, somebody else yeah, agreed we, with you. We knew, we knew before the hire was even made. We knew when we thought we were going to hire Kevin Steele as the head coach that Mike Bobo was not the answer to this offense. Yeah, and yet here we are, the Monday after the Iron Bowl, firing think, Mike Bobo. I think Bo Nix got better under him. I actually, yeah, he's a he's a great quarterback coach. And again, I, just, I think I knew think, that. Made I Aaron think this Murray coaching like staff is, is great. I think this coaching staff is great at coaching talented players to be better at their jobs. Uh, I, I think I think that's the most frustrating thing is that we. I, I don't think there's a the staff. I, I, don't, just, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, I, but most every person on this team individually improved this season. Um, but over the last f- several games as a team, we did not. The last game, I actually think, was one of our better performances uh, given the circumstances. Um, sure. But, and and that, that is telling me that we were right there. And his coaching staff can't adjust after halftime. Well, it, it, so, all right. If we want to go back and, and analyze that Mississippi State game, I don't think that was all scripted plays that got us the 28-point lead. I, I do uh, – I think – and what seems to happen, and what seems to have happened, and I was afraid was going to happen against Alabama and didn't, is without adversity in a first half, don't do anything at the second at halftime. We don't change anything, and that's what happened at Mississippi State. Didn't change a thing, and and, and South fourteen all against South Carolina at the half. Right. Didn't change. I, I think the answer the answer is that this actually team cannot adjust in the second half. In the last five games, Auburn has scored a grand total of fifteen second half points. That's I think one they can adjust. I think they can adjust. If offered some adversity, something that they feel like they need to adjust to in the first half. What happened the last two games? They didn't think they needed to adjust. 
They were winning. They were, at, at halftime, they were up 7 nothing against Alabama and tied with South Carolina. Oh, all right. South Carolina is maybe a different thing. Right. Uh, but but I, they did adjust against South Carolina, and they only ran tank four times in the second half. Yeah, that was the adjustment. Okay, sure. So they're making long adjustments. I did have someone try to argue that point with me. Well, Hunt, Tank and Hunter, they rushed 13 times. And I was like, each? And he's like, oh, no, total. And I'm like, Tank was rushing for seven yards of carry. Give him that's the ball 13 freaking times. That's Jesus. literally the thing that Gus got, got Gus Malzahn fired last year, was doing that to Tank Bigsby in the second half of the South Carolina game. I, 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 um, I haven't quite figured out why I'm not even a little mad about the Alabama game yet. Um, part of it is... In the vacuum, uh, it's okay. Fine. Well, it's I, fun. I, I, my, my theory, the working theory is, is how much you believed we were going to win that game and how long you thought we, you, or that belief lasted, uh, correlates to how mad or uh, sad you are about the game. Well, this is I, my theory of, of 2013. Like the reason why, like Ryan has a pinned tweet that is, I just want to feel about Auburn football the way I feel about Auburn basketball. That's impossible. Yeah, it is. It's actually impossible because you have, you grew up with zero expectations whatsoever for Auburn basketball. So making the tournament every year is so much fun. Now, if all of a sudden we make the final four again this year and lose in the final four in heartbreaking fashion, maybe next year you expect more. The problem with Auburn football is everyone expects an unattainable amount of success or an amount of success that if you don't reach it is heartbreaking. And you can't, you can't. So the only reason why the only season why anybody looks back on and thinks that was the most fun season is the season in which we went into it going, we were three and nine last year. If we just make a bowl game, this is awesome. And we, Won the SEC. I mean, so like, there, there's... that's that's it. it. Because our expectations are not nothing. If your expectations going into this year was, I hope we don't go two and ten, then you're you're living the dream right now. I, I um... they, they sit on this podcast at the beginning and the end of August and say, uh, well, I think I think Chief said uh, ten wins, right? But uh, I think we were looking for <laughs> 11, seven or eight. Eleven and we're one. For, look for seven and eight. Seven or eight, right? And we didn't get there. We got to six. We got to six at the end of October. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I think they set my expectations so low with Mississippi State in South Carolina that, that I'm not, like, I don't even factor in the Iron Bowl. Say, what? Oh, you cut out, right? They, they didn't set your expectations low with the three points at Kyle Field? No. No, that was Here's, just a... In 09, in 09, Auburn went 7-5 and five in the regular season yeah. and lost 44-23 to 23 to Arkansas, 21-14 to 14 in the aforementioned 09 Kentucky game, the coldest I've ever been in Jordan-Hare Stadium, 31-10 to 10 to LSU. So that 31, not scoring more than 14 against Kentucky is pretty bad. Not scoring more than 10 against LSU is pretty bad. Randall Cobb team. Offense. Okay. 31-24. <laughs> th- lost to Georgia, 
and then lost to Alabama 26-21. Tell me – Did right. you feel like through that season, though, that, man, they're just – they don't have enough pieces, but they're getting there. The coaching was pretty decent for how – I don't think I really – I don't I mean, know if I felt that way after that Arkansas team. Championship the next year with a different quarterback. Yeah, they had the best right. player. But what I, I don't think a lot of people were left that that Arkansas game that we got beat by 21 and yeah. thought, we're just a player away, guys. Just one player away from running <laughs> the table. Yeah, our quarterback wasn't really our problem that year. <laughs> like, But everyone, I, if you ask anybody about the 09 Iron Bowl, they don't get mad. Instead, they're like, man, we were so close. We gave them a heck of a game. And it's because, just like me this year, at this year's Iron Bowl, I went into the 09 Iron Bowl thinking we were going to get beat by 70 points. Because 09 Alabama was an absolute monster. And I went into this Iron Bowl thinking, 20 is not enough. We could get beat by 30. Easy. Yeah, I, I just... Um, I don't want to make it seem like I... Um love what's going on uh, with the staff um, I guess I've just found some sort of a, a peaceful zen place here where I realize I can't do anything about it um, there's I mean there's really nothing I can do and I've been let down by Auburn football so many times over the years uh, in so many different ways um, and I honestly by it, it was worse when it's coaching staffs that you like actually are connected to and, and have, have some sort of, of, you know, feelings of warm feelings towards, I mean, I love Gene Chizik. Uh, he was our defensive coordinator uh, in 2004. So I, I've loved him. I've loved him for a long, long time before he won us the national championship. And, and, and then, you know, that all just, fell apart and I've just been disappointed in different ways and um, I, you know I, I'm somewhere in between hopeful for this this uh, coaching staff and thinking ah oh, everything's fine and this is it's over we, we got to this is this is done I, now I I would have gladly uh I wouldn't have been angry if Washington had been like, yeah, we really want Brian Harson. We'll hire him. We'll, right. we'll take him now. I wouldn't have been angry about it at all. I would have, I would have been like, hey, yo, let's wave that, that theme. Let's start over again. Um, but I don't – I'm not I'm not, I'm not angry at Brian Harson. I'm not mad at him. No, I think it's a year zero or a year one only because, like I mentioned, I keep mentioning 09. You space these I, losses out differently – or you look at it as if your expectations weren't as sky high as they were on our Slack, we were like before the A and M game, we were talking about a potential trip to Atlanta. Sure. Because that was on the table. Yeah. If that hasn't happened, if all of a sudden the Georgia game is at the back half of the season and that switched to something else and that losses it to South Carolina instead of to Georgia at that point in the year. We're not that our expectations are that high. We're just like, can we just finish this thing seven and five, or just finish this thing six and six? <laughs> yeah, but Ryan, with one, this is the first if we had, this is Ryan, the first game losing streak Auburn has had since twenty twelve. I don't feel any before, better before about, that. Before that, the last four game losing streak was two thousand eight. Would you what have felt a lot differently? 
Would you have felt differently if we had beaten South Carolina? Would you right yeah, now be I like, would, oh, man, we're doing I great. This thing's moving. 100%. 100%. No. The I Mississippi State game is what killed you. Because it's that. No, no. You can't lose to all three of those in a row. If you space them out through oh, the oh, season, there's well, no Okay, so, so fine. Let's, uh, let's switch the South Carolina and the Georgia State game. You, you get a win right there. You don't lose four games in a row. Do you feel any better about this team? Oh, let's switch it in the Ole Miss game. Yeah, but the Ole Miss game before But the traditional schedule is you play that week game the week right. before Bama. Okay, well, let's put Akron there or whoever the hell we played at the beginning. Alabama of the State. Yeah, Alabama State. Because right now. So let's, put Georgia State, let's put Georgia with, State first game of the season. Like, like, these with are all this coaching staff, sure. with, with this coaching staff, here's the other hypothetical. With this coaching staff, same play call, same game plan. You swap out number one for number 10 last on Saturday. Auburn wins by 14. I mean, if Bo Nix starts that game, Auburn wins by 14 points. Nick Saban lost to a bad Lamo team his first year at Alabama. And I, I was thinking yeah, – you know, but, but you know what, though? He was recruiting his ass off when he did it. I have no proof that he, Brian Harson's not recruiting. Yeah. I, people are I – mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the right now, and I'm not saying we're not going to have a decent class, but – Talking with Nerd earlier today, it's, hey, if we get if we hit on everything left on our boards, Nick Saban had case scenario over the moon at the number nine class. Nick Saban had NFL players all over that 07 team already, and and Auburn has NFL players on this team, right? And we, and we couldn't. And we did not lose South to a bad Lamo team. <laughs> we we lost to a coach of the year and. USC, we lost to Mike Leach, who's going to do that to some team he shouldn't every year. Coach of the year, who who knew? Yeah. Um, what? Um, Beamer's Beamer. a candidate for SEC Coach of the Year. He's a candidate for SEC Coach of the Year. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, as much uh, as I, I don't know how it's not the, the guy that got Georgia to their first undefeated season. And, well, because that guy already won it like last year. Yeah, and that guy also has – you know, more talent than God on his team. Uh, and I think they want to keep Beamer from taking the OU job. I just – Be back in the SEC in two years. I hate, I hate that I'm sitting here defending the, the way the season ended, but I don't I don't think – No, yeah, exactly. I'm not a, the biggest Brian Harson homer on earth. I don't think that it is – I don't think that the sky is falling. No. And, and, and I, I want to go back to the – uh, the 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 talking point that I've not not just from you Ryan that I've heard from from but I heard a lot the double digit losses three double digit losses yes ten points is double digits ten points is also one touchdown and a field goal it's not it's not like thirty points it's not fourteen points even and it's you blew a like double a, digit lead to a team that can score. As fast, if not faster, than any other team in America. Yeah, like they they're a play away every time they get on the field. Did uh, the amazing thing of not giving up a touchdown until it, the last drive of the game. I, I, I'll say this: still couldn't beat that. I, I, I'll say this: it just feels a lot like a lot of the people that wanted to hold really stupid things against Gus all the time. Is what that that particular talking point feels like to me. Um, I mean, like, that Gus's bowl game record. Yeah. And, like, it's frustrating because Harson 
on the field, like, ignore the other stuff, I don't give a shit. On the field, Carson built up so much goodwill by the Arkan by, by the Ole Miss game. Right? Regardless, I mean, it's not like it was a perfect season. You lost to Georgia, you lost to uh, who else? Or Penn State. But you were the two lost team going into November saying, hey, we have a chance to win the division. We're probably not going to, but we have a chance. And he, he ruined all of it. Like, it's, right. it's so hard to be as bad as he was in November and blame Mike Bobo, blame I, Bo Nix being hurt, TJ Finley being hurt. I, I get it. But at every step of the way, he made the wrong decision. I, I think you've sort of laid out a case for the opposite. Of, of how, how a lot of he's not a first year head coach he's been because of, because our baseline is have all your goals in front of you going into november and he, and did, he did the worst possible job after that and and why and you feel bad first next year why why i think you feel so bad is you are thinking into the future every november is going to be like that and I don't know that we we have one, a very small sample size. Also, he lost to two teams that he had more talent than, and th- he lost to Texas A&M and Alabama, who he does not. So two teams he does not have more talent than. So it was two and You're two. Two other games there. No, in November. Which team? Oh, November. Okay. He's he's two and two in November, versus the talent. Sure. But so I wouldn't I, say we had more talent than South Carolina. Whole off season, maybe it was our friend of the show, Jeremy Golson. Uh, what did he do at Boise all these years? Teams that he was more talented lost, than he lost. Lost two games a year, and he always had more talent than everybody. Although, if you do look, a lot of the teams he lost to, it was like BYU, Fresno, sure. teams that are close, if not the same level of talent. So. It, most teams lose two games a year. That's a silly talking point. Football, we, we are, we've grown accustomed to undefeated teams because all of a sudden we have those. Most teams well, I mean, don't Alabama go undefeated. Hardly, hardly ever goes undefeated. They're right. not going undefeated this year. Most uh, years, there's not even an undefeated team. I, I, I just... Where I'm at is there's nothing, nothing in the world that I can do and feeling bad about how this went is not going to help anybody. Um, but certainly me, I have to give him next year to improve. Um, and maybe part of the, the gloomy feelings are, Oh yeah, we had 30 seniors. Like what's going to happen this next year. And I get that. Um, and we may have to give him another year to prove. But that would have been the case if we had beaten South Carolina and Mississippi State. And, and I also think we still would have allowed thirty seniors. And I don't. I'm not accusing you of this, Ryan. I do think there's a little bit of people thinking, "Oh, well, Gus would have never let this happen." With it, and no, no, Gus would have let exactly this happen. I mean, we would have been six and six with Gus. Yeah, and I do think there are there are others that are very mad about this because they feel like Gus would have not let this happen because he he didn't except for that one time that he did um uh so yeah um you know it, it, but that wasn't year one and we all talked we've all talked about how how much how things would have been different if 2015 had been 2013 and 2013 had been 2015 and 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 how we would have felt about gus um in the long term so 
look, this could definitely go bad, and I I don't. And I'm not have, saying it won't be good. I'm just. I, I don't have a lot of reason to to think that it will go great um, at this point, but I don't. This is a small sample size. Um, I I don't know that. I don't know. I I don't. I'm trying not to speculate too hard on Brian Harson's internal thoughts and um, feelings uh, about what happened. I know he's not happy about it. Um, I mean, let him close out this recruiting class, and maybe we'll feel a little bit better. Um, it, it, you know, he's, this is a big two weeks for him because we did just fire Mike Bobo. Um, Mike Bobo was his inroad to basically every the whole South, him and Derek Mason. But, I mean, Mike Bobo's been down here way longer than Derek Mason has and and knows way more people and is, uh, by all uh, accounts, a great in-home recruiter. He's got great relationships with guys. So we've got two weeks to figure out if we can maintain those relationships and build some others without him. Um, and, and we'll see. And, uh, I mean... I'll, I'll let you uh, get in the last word here, Ryan. Uh, would getting a top 15 class make you feel any better about what happened? I don't want to be misconstrued in sounding like I don't think things can work out with Brian Harson. I think we've seen over the last however many years that we've watched college football a lot grading hires after your the first year after they're immediately hired like it, it you, you, we don't know anything right Gus Malzahn greatest coach of all time sure uh, you know Texas is, is never actually back it doesn't matter who <laughs> but, um, they were back Texas was back say, for one brief sure, moment when Georgia. it beat Georgia yeah, in the Sugar Bowl and it was back specifically when Bevo ran off Thugga. right uh, Alabama was back so many times like not not just like yeah. people talking about them back, like cover of Sports Illustrated, Alabama's back sure. at least four times before they were actually back. So so I, I guess my point is, it can work out. I'm not saying it's it's done. We need to go ahead and move on. I'm not I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that I feel like the issues that I have with what happened at the end of this season are not. Oh man, that's that's a learning point and we'll do it better next time or we'll have better players or what have you. I don't, I don't think that's an easily fixable thing. It's that's who this guy is. He's not a first year head coach. He, he knows better than that or should know better than that. And maybe it won't hurt us next time. Maybe we'll get the right guys in the recruiting class. Maybe, maybe we just need more of uh, Harson's guys. Maybe we uh, hire Esau as the office coordinator and it all fits into Harson's system better than it did this year. Maybe. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I I have to, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I have to be, otherwise I'm just going to be miserable for forever. Otherwise Um, you're my friend who hates, Gut hated Gus from the 09 Kentucky game. And it's yeah. like, bro, okay, we get it. High school offense. 
It'll never work in the SEC. And then it worked. And I was like, well, it's not going to work long term. Guys are going to get film right. on it. It's like, kind of right about that. Yeah, you can say that about every coach. Like At some yeah. point, Bobby Bowden was too old for the game. I, I, what The things I saw, um, to your point, Ryan, that I was like, good God, why? Uh, I, I mean, I've described it on the pod. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I think Brian Harson coached very naively at times. I, I, I think, I think his recruiting when he came in was very naive. And as um, the recruiting correspondent for the pod, uh, EU nerd, uh, as pointed out, he completely changed what he was doing and it, and it's gone way better since he did that. So I, I guess that gives me hope that he can cut that stuff out. Um, uh, you know, I'm just not sure having Cam Newton thrown to Julio Jones on fourth and one against South Carolina is ever going to be a good idea. Good idea. Cam I don't know whether that's Cam what? Newton threw to Julio Jones. No, I'm saying you could have the best players. Oh, okay. But when you're, if you make those decisions in the game, whether that's like Bobo or Brian Harson with the ultimate call on that, that's the decision you made in that game. Yeah. You well, a that, look, and, and, and there are things five. that uh, I, uh, 100%. There's no way Brian Harson did not have input on the the the, the freaking fake punt on uh, fourth and nine or whatever it was. The uh, throwing the fake was it a fake punt again? Yes. Uh, on fourth and one. Or is it it's South Carolina? Carolina? South Carolina. Uh, it, the, those there's no way that those did not go through Brian Harson before they were put in uh, out on the field. Specifically, have an Aussie punter, not because they can throw the yeah. ball and run it. Yeah. Um. But other things like specific plays called just normal plays, I don't I don't know that those are running through Brian Harson. And it, you know he hired the guy that's doing them, so that's still on him. I'm not I'm not absolving him of it. Um, if you can remove the guy who does not like to run in situations where you really really need to run the ball, maybe maybe these games go better. Maybe that Iron Bowl goes a bit better. Um, but if you don't hire that guy, I don't know if Bo Nix improves mm. like he did. So, you know, I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe Brian Harson was actually the secret behind Bo Nix developing so much. Uh, it could be. It's entirely possible. I mean, he's, he's been a good quarterback coach in the past. Uh, he was Kellen Moore's quarterback coach. Isn't that right? Sure. Uh, bro? Yep. I mean, so. It, that's entirely possible that the good of the offense came from Arson and the bad came from Bobo. Or just them not being Gus called on the, the good same place. page. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Gus called the good place. Uh, you know, everybody gives one mulligan. So he's using his right up front. So He's using it right, right up front. Yeah. <laughs> he's using, he, he used his breakfast ball. No, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, um. I, I'm just concerned because this, unless he works miracles in the transfer portal and at signing day, this will be a worse roster next year than yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, that year. is, that uh, that's actually very concerned about 
uh, I mean, it's not a good sign that Bo Nix isn't necessarily coming back. Right. He's not for sure coming back. Um, I, there's almost no way that it's a, a I mean, better roster. <laughs> we may, I mean, like, you, I don't care if you sign five, was. five, five stars to play on your line next year. That's yeah. still not going to be great because they're all going to be freshmen and at least two right. of them are going to suck. Right. Maybe you convince, you know, Bertier Sam to come back uh, and, and you have a little bit of help on the offensive line. But and you get Spencer Rattler. Have five seniors on, huh? And you get Spencer Rattler. Yeah, get Spencer Rattler, who got benched at Oklahoma this year. He's um, better than what we got. He's look, better than what we got. As, cra- as crazy as the last couple of days have been on the in the the coaching carousel, uh, things could happen. And I I really hope things go so well that the next time we talk football, which will hopefully be six months from now, Ryan Starrett will be back on board with this coaching staff i i i hope so because i'll definitely be hyped if if things go well if we manage to snag a bunch of offensive linemen specifically tackles from the uh from the portal and a center maybe uh and uh get another uh quarterback since maybe bo's not coming back um you know two nfl linebackers and uh yeah yeah the defense is concerning um I'm going to give a positive note as my last football comment of the night. Um, Nick Eason, we need to do everything we can to keep him on the planes as long as possible because our defensive line, uh, the development there this year has been outstanding. We knew there was talent there, um, but you talk about everybody getting better throughout the year, and that's where it's most noticeable. Uh, They got the most sacks. Oh, man, he's a pretty good sophomore to – one of the best defensive ends in the SEC. Derek Hall had nine sacks. Um, I'm pretty TD sure they got. Three, I'm pretty sure they got more sacks against Alabama than they have in a single game in years. Seven Since sacks. Oh five. Three sacks. With Derek Hall in this game. Uh, uh, bringing in Leota uh, from Northwestern worked out great. He was huge help. Marcus Harris from Kansas. You, know, you have questions about a guy that played at Kansas last year, competing in SEC, and had no problems there. Uh, even you know, Tony Fair at times was a big part of this defensive line. And this is the same defensive line that got gashed by well, what's-his-face from Jordan State. Yeah. Um, I can't say enough good things there. So. Yeah. I mean, I, again, individual parts of this staff, I think have been great. It's just that yeah. – it, it, Look, Brian Harson wouldn't be the first head coach to just be bad on game days, and wouldn't if he turns out to be good, he wouldn't be the first good head coach to be bad on game here's days. Here's the here's the sunshine pumping. Uh, so I said the last two times Auburn's had a four game losing streak, streak were 2012 and 2008. Before that, it was 1999. Tommy Silverbill's first season. Yeah, and then we won the uh, uh, SEC West the next days. Uh, he had a good Auburn career. Maybe that's what we're looking at. He's one of the more beloved uh, <laughs> coaches uh, by I mean, some, not all, but a lot. Um, none of no boosters love him uh, at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, t- 
Tubbs won the the West the next year. Now Tubbs inherited a just dog pile, dog crap pile of a team when he came in. So uh, that's not the case here. I you know this team isn't great. This team actually this team's probably more talented than any coach has ever inherited. But everyone around us, Gus inherited a better team. <laughs> that was that was the recruiting class. Well, they had a way better line on after the national. They had title. a way better line on that thirteen team. I'll, I'll say that. But just overall talent, I mean, probably. But everyone else around us is just even more talented. And that, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's an issue. Uh, all, all the ones we care about around us are. All right. Um, that's enough of this. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk football again uh, until basketball season's over. We so will talk football you're... again. That is the last football we will talk that isn't association football because Auburn soccer has a spring season. Yeah, well, we might talk about a coaching hire. Third into, third into college, uh, signing day for us. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. Typically, the next time after today that we mention Georgia on this podcast, it will be basketball. Oh, yeah, we won't stop mentioning Georgia basketball. Well, unless. <laughs> unless. Well, unless they lose. Yeah. <laughs> they blow up. Sure. Yeah. Hopefully they, Cincinnati beats them. Oh. <sighs> Boy, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. Everybody have a worry go weekend. Oh no. Auburn ain't gonna lose this time.